Hey everyone, welcome back to the Missouri Basketball Podcast. After a very refreshing winter break, we're back at the Missouri and recording episode three. I am joined again by my partners on the beat, David Sack and Connor Worley. We're recording this on Wednesday, a day after the Tigers got blown out by number three, Tennessee. And we're going to talk about that in a bit. Uh, next up on Missouri's schedule is a trip to, to South Carolina to play Frank Martin's Gamecocks. And we'll break that down towards the end of the podcast. But first, as always, let's start with our quote of the week. This one comes from Kevin Perrier, Tuesday night after the loss to the Volunteers. Well, he's still young. Um, you know, he's learning every single day. Jeremiah, I'm not really worried about him. He's still, in my eyes, the most dominant, dominant center in the league. Um, you know, when he puts it all together. So, um, just one of those things we got to learn from. I think, I do think, uh, you know, he's <clears throat> targeted a little bit, but, you know, that's something he has to be ready for at all times. And, um, you know, it just comes with growth. Yeah, so that was Kevin Perrier on Jeremiah Tillman, who got two quick fouls in that Tennessee game that kind of changed the game. And really, that was a game Missouri needed Tillman to perform well in, but he only played nine minutes, got four points. So now let's move on to our trivia question, uh, which will be centered on the coach of Missouri's opponent Saturday, Frank Martin. Who was the only consensus All-American Martin has coached in his time as a head coach? Well, with that, let's just move on to our impressions from Tuesday. Unfortunately, I was on the Missouri sport, Sports Desk last night, but you guys were there. What, what were your impressions? Uh, well, you know, my first impression from the game was how impressive they were for the first 13 minutes of that game. I mean, look, they, you know, Mark Smith and Jeremiah Tillman are sitting on the bench with two fouls, and they're playing more than toe-to-toe with an absolute national championship contender. So, Obviously, things fell apart, but I, I do think you have to be impressed with at least those 13 minutes. And especially in that stretch, uh, the thing that stuck out to me most was how aggressive they were on defense. They were forcing Tennessee into a lot of bad shots, and they were getting a lot of turnovers. And they weren't necessarily translating that into baskets every time on the offensive end. But I think if they want to stay in bubble contention going forward these next few months, they need to keep playing like that. Yeah, I wrote my preview piece that if Missouri has any chance, one of the things they would need to do is have Jordan Geis and Javon Pickett really play some intense pressure defense. And right from the get-go, Jordan Geis was very energetic. He was all over the place on defense, shooting a little bit too much. I think he had a little bit too much energy, but that obviously faded away. They got blown out. But that first 10 minutes was really kind of shocking. But they had that seven-minute stretch where they didn't have a field goal. They had four free throws, and that's really kind of killed them. What went wrong for the Tigers from there? Well, I think, like you said, guys finished the half with three of ten. So it's, he's gotten hot like that in a few games in, earlier in the season. And I think he has this mentality where he feels the need to be the team's leading scorer. And he is always going to be one that takes a shot, especially when you have Mark Smith on the bench. So, But this game, I think um, he just needed to press the brakes a little bit. And he didn't do that. And it came to bite them a little bit. And then you had Tillman on the bench, so they had no interior presence at all. And so they just kept getting forced into late shot clock situations where they just had to hoist up bad shots, and it came back to hurt them. Yeah, no question. The foul trouble, it, it came up. It, you know, it, it bit them. There's no question. They just didn't have guys who could score for a whole half with Tennessee. And obviously Tennessee is very talented, very athletic, and it kind of felt like their athleticism just caught up with them, especially when they didn't have – Mark Smith early on, they didn't have Tillman early on. That was really a recipe for disaster. Um, but really, as a whole, it's not super surprising that they got blown out. I was kind of expecting that to happen. They beat Georgia in the first SEC game by 46 points. So cons- relative to that game, Missouri did pretty well. But 
Does this change your impression of the Tigers going forward? Uh, it doesn't change mine in the slightest. Tennessee is, like I just said, an absolute national championship contender. I didn't know if I was quite sold on them before this, and after seeing them for 40 minutes, there's no question in my mind that they've got as good of a chance as anyone. That includes Duke, and so it shouldn't change your impression of Missouri. Yeah, like David said, uh, for Tennessee, they're a top team in the nation. I think they're going to stay that way all the way through, but for Missouri, this is Kind of the game I expected. Certainly wasn't the opening of the game that I thought was going to happen. I thought Tennessee was going to break away early. But at this point in the season, I think many Missouri fans would be happy where where the team sits currently, especially after Jonte's injury. Absolutely. I think Saturday's game against South Carolina will really be more, a way bigger tell of what this team can do and what they're capable of than a game against the number three team in the country. Uh, but with that, let's move on to our sudden dud from the Tennessee game. Um, it wasn't really a super impressive game for any particular Tiger, except for maybe Xavier Pinson. Pinson led the team with 14 points. Uh, he shot three for seven from the field and impressively went seven of eight from the free throw line. What did you guys see from him? Uh, the numbers tell the story. I mean, seven of eight from the free throw line. He was getting to the basket, drawing fouls. And that's the best way, I think, for him to score. And so if he can add that along with his impressive passing repertoire this is very good for a freshman here I like what I'm seeing from him yeah and his passing was uh, on display last night he had a few nice passes underneath the basket dishing it out and I think they really need someone else to develop that guard whether that's him or Watson <coughs> or some other person off the bench definitely because Mark Smith's been inconsistent so far and guys like last night feels I guess intrinsically feels that he needs to be the person um, moving the offense forward so if they can have Pinson come off the bench and keep producing like he did last night, that's really going to help them. Yeah, I think it's hard to imagine Pinson starting any time this year with the, with the way Jordan Geis is playing and the important role he plays as a starting point guard. But if I was a Missouri fan, I'd be very comfortable with with having Pinson slide in at point guard next year when he's going to be a sophomore. I think that I think he has a bright future ahead. Um, this time around, our dud is pretty obvious. It's going to be Jeremiah Tillman again. Played only nine minutes really was kind of vacant vacant in a game that Missouri needed him to perform. Yeah, and watching uh, last night, whenever he swung his elbow and got that charge called against him and then rolled the ball down on the Tennessee defender and got teed up, I really think that changed the way the rest were going to uh, call the game because from there on, they just it seemed like they wanted to quell any type of thing that might break out, and so they were calling everything pretty tight. And if that Tillman sequence doesn't happen in the beginning, maybe certain calls don't go against Mizzou and they get a few more breaks and then they're able to last a little bit longer in the game. I totally agree. I think the officials tried to take over the game, sort of felt they had to after that. Look, uh, if you're Jeremiah Tillman, you know, your problem all year has been fouls. And on one play, two minutes and 45 seconds into a game with the number three team in the country to get an offensive foul, which you shouldn't be doing, and then to get a technical, which is totally boneheaded. I, you just cannot have that. And uh, they need better. They need better from Tillman. I think I've been fooled by Jeremiah Tillman again because I thought we had just reached the point where we can be confident that he's going to be the consistent center that Missouri really needs. He had six straight games at double figures, four of those being double-doubles. He dropped a career-high 23 points against Xavier and then scored 16 in the Bragging Rights game. I thought he had arrived. And then the next game against Moorhead State, four points, two rebounds. And he fouled out of that game. Last night, three points, one rebound, fouled out of that game. It's 
it's come to the point where he's just been really inconsistent and it's kind of it's unfortunate Missouri and it's unfortunate for people who like to watch him mm -hmm. and I kind of agree with per you said in that quote where there, there's every time I watch him I always feel like he's got this potential to break out and like have a really special game but then every time he goes out on the floor something gets thrown at him whether that's a double team or his just frustrations boil over it's something that's always stopping him from kind of making that leap into the next level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's the same old story for Tillman. I mean, you know, he's very good when he stays on the floor, but you, it's gotten better from last year, but you clearly still can't count on him to stay on the floor. It's one thing with Tennessee but to foul it against Moorhead State. It just shows that there's still a chronic problem that he has with fouling. Yeah, and, and, and after Tillman got that second foul, uh, Consul Martin made the curious decision to, decision to just hold him out for the entire first half. Why do you guys think that that is? And do you think that was a good decision? Well, I think he did it because obviously he just didn't trust Tillman to not commit the third foul. And look, Tillman committed that third foul 46 seconds into playing in the second half. So I do think it showed he showed why Conzo did that. Yeah, and uh, I still wonder if he should have put him in even whenever he could tell Tennessee was getting a little bit more of that momentum back because – Outside of that nice block read Nico had, uh, they had no inside presence on offense or defense. It just seemed they kept on offense. They just kept swinging the ball around the arc and moving it a little bit inside, but mostly looking for one of the guards to make a play. And uh, as we said, they didn't score in the last seven a field goal in the last seven minutes of the first half. So I think at that moment he should have put Tillman back in the game because I think the risk or the reward would have been more uh, than the risk. Yeah, in that second half, after Tillman like immediately got that third foul, Konzo seemed to just kind of say, screw it, we're going to just stick with him because we need him in the game at this point. We're down by 11 points or whatever it was. I kind of wonder if he kind of wishes he did that in the first half. It could have maybe staved off that Tennessee run, but he had his reasons to hold him out, but he's, he was ineffective from the get-go, and he's just too foul-prone still. But you mentioned Kevin Perrier, Connor, and I kind of want to talk about him because he was pedestrian last night again. He only had nine points. Um, this is a, this is one of Mizzou's important seniors, and he hasn't really brought it this year, in my opinion. Um, is, is he going to show up at some point? Like, what do you guys think is going to happen? I think, so, kind of similar to Tillman, I think uh, he, he has, for me at least, he shows like flashes of like competent play, and then there will just be a sequence where it just all falls apart. Like last night, as they were going through that late first half collapse, he had a moment where he missed an open shot. Uh, Tennessee, uh, on the other end, Tennessee got an offensive rebound over him and a put-back dunk, and then back on the other uh, defensive end after that, he committed a foul, and Tennessee converted a one-and-one -one free throw. And it's just like helped contribute to uh, Mizzou's collapse. And I don't know, if he just keeps playing so inconsistently and hesitantly, I, I don't see why he should be getting the minutes that he is. And I believe you have a hot take on someone who should start over Perrier going forward. Yes, I think KJ Santos needs to be in the starting lineup over wow. Kevin Perrier. He just seems so much more uh, honed in on what he was supposed to do on both ends of the floor last night. He's getting more minutes now, so eventually. I don't think conditioning or playing up to game speed is going to be an issue for him. And he seemed more confident in his play and his role within the team. And he was his shooting strokes are way better than per years. So I think just being able to work uh, as a post-game inside and out is going to be a lot more beneficial to the team than having per year there trying to do the same role. Uh, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm not. But I, I see it. I see it as something to watch for going forward. 
I still give the edge to Per Year, who is a guy who in his career averages 10 points a game as a four-year starter. And I, I'm going to keep him in there over the still rusty K.J. Santos. But I absolutely agree with what you said, that Santos looked good yesterday playing a lot of minutes. The rust is shaking off. He showed the shooting stroke. And I do agree it's something to watch for. Um, I don't think Conzo will do it. But, you know, there's no question per year as the step. Uh, I only think he would, Conzo would make this lineup change because this is they've been rolling with the same lineup for 13 yeah. games now. Yeah, same exact lineup every time. So yeah. I, I think they would only make this change if uh, the offense was really stagnating and they dropped a few more games in a row. Yeah. Yeah, more on Santos. That was his third game when he played against Tennessee. <clears throat> his first two games against Oral Roberts and Moorhead State, he really seemed out of his wits. He really didn't seem like he belonged in the basketball court. Um, last night was a little bit different. I thought he belonged a little better. I feel like he was playing with a little, little bit more purpose. He knocked down that three in the first half, which I was not expecting to go in, but that one end, if he can knock down threes consistently, that would be huge Missouri. And David, you said he has some rust on him still. If, if, if if last night's version of KJ Santos is rusty, I'm excited to see what he can bring down the road. Fair enough. And as an aside, I've also wondered where Mitchell Smith's been the last few games because he was getting some run early in the season, but we haven't seen anything from him recently. So I'm interested to know what's been going on there with him. Yeah, that was curious too. Um, in the first game of the year, Mitchell Smith played 22 minutes against Central Arkansas, and he was kind of expected to be a, a normal rotation player, like a mainstay in the Missouri rotation the last three games he's played in single-digit minutes. So maybe they're phasing him out a little bit. Maybe he's a little bit and maybe underwhelming for Maybe part of Santos coming in and right. doing well in practice, so they're giving him more looks to in games. Right. I think Santos and Mitchell Smith kind of bring similar games to the table. Yeah. Santos does that better if he's more athletic, and he should be the guy that plays. Can shoot better, too. Yeah. So I want to take a moment to talk about Mark Smith because – his performance has just confused me because I don't know about you guys, but to me, he's clearly the most talented offensive scorer on the team. Guys, guys averages more points, but Mark Smith is averaging 47% from three point range. He has the best stroke yet last night in a really important game. He only scored eight points and only took three shots from the arc and made two of them. And I'm just, Still wondering why this offense doesn't flow more through him because if he's shooting more, I think they'll be more successful. I think uh, a little part a part of that is that teams aren't respecting Mark Smith's driving ability, and I yeah. believe Conzo talked about that a little bit after the Morehead State game. That uh, Mark's really developed the outside shot that they were hoping for in the offseason. They were working on it, uh, but he'd like to see him open up his driving ability more, even if that's not translating into like layups or uh, shorter jumpers, being able to bring over a defender and kick it out and help the offense move a little more naturally that way. Uh, I think we haven't really seen him drive that much, and mm -mm. consequently it's him having games like he did last night. Mm -hmm. Couldn't have really said it better myself. He's got to be a little bit less one-dimensional. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and take a look ahead to Saturday's game at South Carolina. Um, Tigers will take on this the 7-7 seven seven Gamecocks, who are surprisingly 2-0 and in the SEC. When I wrote my SEC schedule breakdown, I kind of thought there was three clear tiers in the SEC. There's a top tier with Tennessee, Kentucky, Auburn, Mississippi State, and then a big middle tier where Missouri belongs. And then I thought there was a lower tier with Georgia and South Carolina. Those, to me, were clearly the, the bottom two teams in the conference. When I wrote that, South Carolina had a Ken Palm ranking of uh, 114. That was the lowest of any SEC school. 
And now they're 2-0 in, in conference play. They beat Florida, who is an impressive team, and they also beat Mississippi State, who is ranked number 14. And to me, this just shows how competitive the SEC will be. I think it's just really muddled. You can't really expect one team to beat another, another team on any given night. What are you guys expecting on Saturday? Well, the schools around the SEC a few years ago, collectively, it seems like they made decisions to hire high-profile coaches, good coaches, and guys like Frank Martin, who is obviously South Carolina's coach, you know, they're going to win some games, especially at home, they shouldn't because they're just great coaches. And I think that's what you saw with South Carolina beating Mississippi State. And so I think it shows that this game could be a tough one for Missouri, even though they are the better team. Yeah, SEC is kind of crazy this year when you have, like, Alabama beating Kentucky the other night. And then, uh, yeah, uh, South Carolina beating Mississippi State last night. Um, I think it just shows that Missouri does not need to underestimate anyone they face in the SEC. Uh, just on, also on top of it just being conference play and every game is going to be competitive. At the same time, South Carolina has had some rough losses like to Stony Brook and Wofford. So they are obviously susceptible to playing down to their opponents. I think it'll be an evenly matched game with Mizzou, so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, to me, that's why I could see Missouri going anywhere from 10-8 and 8 in the SEC to 7-11 in the SEC because you really have no idea who they're going to go beat. It's really any given Sunday kind of thing. Absolutely. So with that, let's move on to, our, to the answer of our trivia question. We asked, who was the only consensus All-American Frank Martin has coached? The answer is Michael Beasley at Kansas State in 2008. With that, we're going to sign off. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll be back in your ears next week.